Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast, where we talk about perceptions of the future, issues we need to be aware of, and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. The Humanized Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Welcome to the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast. I'm Steve Barlow, and as always, I'm joined by Craig Saffin. How are you today, Craig? Great, Steve. Lovely to see you again. Who's our guest today? Who have we got on today? Our guest today is joining us from Montreal, Canada, and we've got uh, Marcel Tardif, who's with us today. So welcome, Marcel, to our little podcast. And uh, do you want to introduce yourself, tell our audience a little bit about uh, who you are and your background? Right. Uh, I have a uh, an MBA and completed doctoral uh, studies in uh, pedagogy of uh, uh, higher education teaching. I have uh, a uh, professional background uh, that goes this way. Uh, I was first uh, Secretary General of Laval U- uh, University Teachers uh, and then uh, co-director, uh, if you will, of the of uh, the leader of the opposition in Ottawa, uh, House uh, of Commons then uh, Secretary uh, General of the Canadian Cable Television Association, then uh, Chief Executive Officer of the Royal Architectural Institute of Canada, then uh, Director General of the uh, Canadian Securities Institute, Director General of the uh, Investment Dealers Association of Canada, then Director General of the Quebec Chamber of Commerce, and then uh, CEO of a number of uh, companies. And currently I am CEO of my own company, which is Perform Info Inc. Uh, We're a group of uh, uh, councils to uh, companies to uh, uh, help them uh, raise their uh, level of performance, global performance. I shall uh, conclude on this that uh, I have uh, published six books, five of which uh, are on management per se, and uh, a uh, whole bunch of uh, chapters of books in in various uh, books and and articles, and uh, in total some two to 3,000 articles in uh, scientific uh, publications over the years. Wow. So this is this is where I am, and wow, and and, a... and and by the way, I've been teaching in in various universities at this at least five uh, universities in Canada and France. Wow, that's amazing! I uh, we're, from a thought leader perspective, I think we're uh, we're in the presence of royal uh, Canadian royalty at the moment. That's amazing! So that's incredible. <laughs> Not quite. What a, what an amazing <laughs> amazing career so far, and. Um, I think that uh, what we're talking about and what we want to focus on today is um, is strategy and uh, the the humanizing of the workforce and how things have changed over the last few years. What before we get into too much of that, what is your overall view of strategy for um, organisations? Because I noticed in your introduction that you've you've spanned on uh, government and non-government um, organisations, 
and also non-profit organizations as well. I think there were some more professional organizations. So overall, yes. what is your approach to strategy and, and your viewpoints on it? Well, I would say first strategy uh, precedes structures, and this is important to understand. Strategy is the positioning of a company's own products or services in a specific market according to the existing or presumed supply by competitors in order to better respond to the current or forthcoming demand. Uh, Chandler in 1962 in his remarkable book entitled Strategy and Structure first pointed out quite appropriately that structure follow strategy. So it's important to understand that structures is the response to the demand and strategy is the positioning of the products in the market, and that comes first, and structures must follow strategy and not the other way around. Unfortunately, a number of companies put all of their efforts on the structuring of the operations and not very much on the uh, strategy, which is the end of the organization. Mm, so I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be uh, inclined to uh, put much emphasis on a difference between uh, private corporations or uh, public uh, organizations in terms of strategy. In my mind, strategy is the servicing of the client, and the client is who he is, according to the organizations we're talking uh, of. Uh, but strategy as such uh, doesn't quite change. Uh, the uh, demand will change according to uh, the uh, various products or services of the organization's concern, of course. But strategy as such will remain a way of better servicing the client as opposed to the rival offers in the market mm. by competitors, of course. So the order of, uh, in your mind, and uh, backed up by your, your reference to Chandler, the order is strategy, then structure, and then demand. Is that right? Well, stra strategy is directly linked to the demand. Yes. Structures is directly linked to the offering, the response to the demand. Okay. Okay. So, so... So where where do you think? Uh, so you you mentioned uh, uh, in the, those comments that some companies fall down because they look at structure first. Uh, where do you think is that where companies mainly fall down with with their strategic um, planning? I'm I'm not quite sure. So, so where do you so so where do you think what do you what is the biggest challenges for organisations uh, uh, in, in, okay. in the strategy? The, the, where, where do they fall down? Well, the biggest uh, uh, problem is determining how to position uh, the organization products and services in the market. Uh, so uh, companies uh, must uh, conduct surveys uh, in due time and keep up with uh, the uh, fluctuations of the demand in the market so that they do service the market and the implicit mission of any organization, as uh, Peter Drucker stated in 1954 mm. in uh, his, his book on uh, management, uh, the implicit mission is the creation of the client, and the creation of the client could only be defined 
as the satisfying of the demand of the client. So you must understand the client, first of all, in order to adapt your structure so that you can respond to the demand, uh, which is uh, uh, available to you as an organization. Right. So is that like a like a feedback loop, is it? So if you have your strategy and then you have your your demand and then you have your structures, uh, but, but right. it's like a loop, isn't it? The, if the uh, demand yes. is changing. So one, one uh, thing uh, I want to it. So one of the, uh, you know, people keep referring to post-pandemic at the moment. I was on a call yesterday and someone said, well, since the pandemic's finished and I, in where I'm sitting, the pandemic hasn't finished. We've got a big peak coming in Sydney. So, but but what, what I wanted to ask you is about, I don't know what Canada's like at the moment and in particular Quebec where you're based, but but um, we have like we have huge supply chain issues and in, in Australia and uh and people are rethinking their supply chain and where they do their manufacturing and things like that. I'm guessing it's a similar in, in Canada. Well, um, well so, uh, so how does this change based on that continuum and the, and the feedback loop that you were just describing? How is that well, in uh, real practice? At the I, moment? I'm sorry. I, I would say that uh, the uh, chain has been affected throughout the world yes. uh, because we are in a globalized world and, and supply comes from everywhere these days. Yes. So uh, we've all been affected by it. Uh, but as far as strategy is concerned, as I said, in principle, strategy being the response to the demand formulated by the client, that has not changed. What has changed during the COVID period is the way organizations did structure their response through the servicing of the client. Mm -hmm. That has been affected, uh, of course, and they have, most of them, I suppose, have realized that they could or they should in the future use much in, in a much uh, more uh, useful way the uh, various technologies available to them, mm. uh, the e-commerce, for example, yes. which uh, should be used better than it used to be because production uh, doesn't necessarily need to be done in a given place uh, especially when, when you're in business as opposed to when you're in an in industry where you have to be in on the site to, to, to produce whatever you have to produce. In, in most businesses, uh, your task could be done uh, from a distance. So uh, this has changed and this has been affected. And, and I'm not sure that uh, many companies have fully realized what the consequences are of this uh, imposition on them to rethink the way that they have been uh, approaching the market in terms of strategy. Yeah, I think that's a great observation, Marcel. I think uh, something Steve and I have discussed a lot is uh, some companies are being agile and, and changing quite quickly and others are stuck in a, an era and waiting for what was with us before to come back right and i don't i don't know if a lot of it is coming back to what it was three years ago that's for sure so what, yeah well, well we we do hear a great uh, uh, many 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 things about uh, flexibility agility and adaptability <laughs> these days yeah. as practices uh, but such are directly linked to uh, the culture of the organizations and when we, we refer to strategy or structures and mission, 
one uh, thing that we should uh, remember is that the remark uh, uh, Peter Drucker made in 2000 mm -hmm. saying that uh, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. <laughs> the, pro the, the, pro the problem these days, in, in, in my uh, humble opinion, is that uh, a proliferation of managers still don't know how to breakfast the proper way. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what you're implying then, I think, um, just to take you back a, a few uh, points you made, is that if this, um, if these big changes that had come to business in the last two or three years had come, say, ten or even fifteen years earlier, the technology may not have been available, and we may not have been able to pivot or be as agile as we have been this time around. Would you, do you have a perspective on that? Well, I think you're right, uh, except one must take note of the fact that we usually evolve with the technologies that we dispose of at the mm. moment. Mm. Uh, we're, we're rarely in advance, as, as uh, a common say uh, goes, that we are in advance on our time. I don't think we are in advance on our time. Uh, technologies and thinking evolves, except a number of people don't realize that things have changed. Uh, the problem comes with that uh, very perspective. And, and in fact, if, if you take the, uh, the usual curve, the distribution of companies uh, within any given uh, sector of activity, there's only 9% in the first, uh, in the upper decile. Uh, so there's only 9% of companies that do really perform. The rest don't perform. They do more or less what the others are doing. Mm. So they, these companies usually will say that either information is not available, technologies is not available, or manpower is not uh, available when in fact the, they are available, but they don't know how to use them or uh, identify them and, 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 and make them useful within their uh, various processes. Mm. How interesting. Yes, I, um, yeah, I do a bit of work in the finance industry here in Australia and uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the main banks here in Australia are really struggling about their technology strategies and so on and the huge investments that are required so similar to what you're saying you just want to come down a level um and like overall you've talked about uh so eloquently talked about strategy and how it relates in the continuum with demand and structure if we talk underneath that as part of that subset we need a marketing strategy or an hr strategy a people and resources strategy uh various uh of course finance strategy but let's stay away from that because it's not the only driver but what what do you how do you think do you think those sort of strategies because that's more related to structure do you, do you think those things have changed much in the last few years the approaches to well, those st strategies well well uh, first of all i'd say that strategy in most companies is determined decided by the top managers yes right yep quite often Except, the, board or the board of directors or even the uh, leadership team right the, the, the top managers, not, yeah. not usually the board of directors don't get involved in strategy as such. Okay. They supervise whatever the managers do, 
but they're not there to uh, decide what strategy should be. Uh, they're responsible of the overall governance of the organization, but they're not there to uh, seek after the operations as such. Managers are. My point is most strategies are determined by the top managers in almost all organizations. And in my opinion, this is an error. Strategy, as far as investments of the company is concerned, should be determined by the top managers. But the operating strategy, the day-to-day -day servicing of the market should be determined by the frontline people because they're the one that respond to the clients and they're the one that know what the demand and the fluctuations of the demand is. Right. Except 99.9% .9 of companies don't see it that way. Mm. It's it's as if uh, it, it, it were too much for the top managers to delegate power of decision to the frontline people. Mm. Now, as Steve Jobs has stated in the past, why should you hire people to tell them what to do when in fact you hire them because they're supposedly competent to do what you hired uh, them for? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting observation, isn't it? Uh, you, a lot of a lot of companies want to hire the best people, and then uh, they don't want to leverage their brains. So it's a uh, exactly, and and then they treat them as second class citizens in the organizations, mm. and still still they will pretend that manpower, that is personnel or employees, is the first as asset of the organization. Now, th 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 this is kind of crazy because they treat them as a second-class citizen and still claim that the employees are the first asset of the of the company. Yeah. yeah. Well, in fact, in fact, if, if if instead of hiring employees, and this is one of the things that uh, Perform Info, through a model that we have developed over the last ten years, uh, pushes forward, uh, in instead of hiring employees. Companies that do uh, produce a high rate of return on their investment do hire what we call partners, uh, business partners. Right. And, 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 and this is not an expression. This is a reality in terms of they make them shareholders of the companies and they help, they help them engage in a better way, in a more consistent way with the various dimensions of management of the uh, operations of the company. So, so, that, this is, so this is performing for the factor P that you referred to, is, it? is that right? Pardon me? Performing for a factor P, is that right? Not not uh, not necessarily. I'm not referring to uh, pay for performance. Oh, I, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I, I'm suggesting that all our business partners Mm. on a an equal footing as uh, shareholders of the companies as opposed to uh, flat employees uh, right. within the organizations so can, is, and and uh, does that imply a flatter organization as well uh, like absolutely okay can you do this from the graduate level up so one of the things i like doing with my clients is helping them bring uh, graduates into the organization can you do that well can they be partners as a graduate what what uh, what we have observed 
through a, uh, a study that we've conducted over 4,000 companies throughout the world, what we have observed is that those that have a rate of return higher than most of the companies, and I will come back to that in a minute, they don't have any hierarchy. There, there's a, there is only one level, and, and this level is where all people are uh, currently exercising their uh, functions, and they're all partners, and they're all participating into the uh, decision-making uh, throughout the various uh, process, including strategy structures and whatnot. So the level of engagement does produce a higher return on investment. And let me give you an example. The 20 most efficient companies that we have identified had an average annual return on investment of 290, 294.4% per annum over a 50 year a 52 week period oh. and the one that and the one that had the highest rate of return produced 1002% over 52 weeks wow. now that's that sounds uh, unreal to to many people the problem is i haven't invented those uh, statistics if you if you uh, search the internet you will find them Okay, amazing. That's amazing input. Thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, that's the great comments. There's a lot to think about there. Steve, do you want to try and bring it together? There's a lot in there, I think. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot in there. Uh, so much, Marcel. Uh, we could talk about this for ages, but we won't. Um, so just to sort of pull out three main lessons that I got out of it or three kind of gems that I got out of it, but other people might get something else. But anyway... Um, first of all, you talked about um, the idea that uh, strategy precedes structures. And we talked a lot about the actual concept of strategy. And strategy is about meeting the demands of the client. And that that is what drives the purpose of the organization to meet these demands of the client. How can we supply, and not how can we supply, but what can we supply that meets the demands of the client? It, it, it's the, the positioning in the market of your products and services, as opposed to those that have alternative offers in the market. Right. So, right. so your, your response will satisfy the demand better than rivals in the market. And this is the implicit meaning of the mission of any organization, as Peter Drucker has defined in, in 1954. Yep. Okay, so so strategies linked to all those sorts of things. And then the 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 idea of the structures is like, well, how can we create the client? How can we service the client? What can we do? Um, what structures need do we need to create that will allow us to provide the client the things that they need? So it's kind of like how are we going to get our act together so that we can deliver on the on the needs of the client? Right. So structure really is the second end. The first, sure. it, the first is strategy. So you ad adopt a strategy in the market and then adapt your structures in order to respond to the demand. Right, okay. 
The second thing that I wanted to raise was the challenge of how do we ensure once we've got the the the, the car on the road, how do we ensure that it's that the strategy is actually meeting the demands of the client? That how do we know that that's actually happening? And you talked about you talked about a flatter structure. Uh, get get the the strategy sort of formation closer to where the clients are, rather than having it sitting on the top of a hierarchy and there's a big distance between the client and the strategy, get it closer, closer to the ground so that we know that we're meeting those demands. Closer to the ground because the client is at the point of contact with the organization and at the point of contact, this is the frontline people that you will see there and not the top flight managers. Mm. And certainly not the directors. Mm. Mm. And and, and, the and, third... and, and 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 I'm sorry. By by the way, the best way to determine if your strategy is effective is the rank that the company will have in the sector of activity. So mm. if the return on investment will determine the rank of the company within the sector of activity that it is in and this is the only measure that you should preoccupy yourself with as opposed to the series of indicators of performance that most companies uh, put forward and and that uh, is is a total annoyment to most of the their employees okay so the, 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 these two bits have kind of been about the definition of strategy and structure and and so on and the third thing that I wanted I wanted to say was uh, it's a challenge to the strategic thinking. The it's a, there's a challenge here to 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 the way people think, and you you raise the issue that thinking and behaviour usually lags technology, right. so that the technology is running in advance, and and most people are sort of chasing their tails trying to catch up to it, uh, and. The better we get at adapting our thinking so that we can actually take advantage of the technology as tools to help us do, help us to meet the client's demands, then then we're we're in a better position. We're sort of structurally better positioned as well to be right. to be able to be effective. Str- so, str- str- strangely enough, people prefer being referred to as pragmatists, right? They abhor being referred to as theorists. The problem with this is, as Kurt Lewin has stated in 1948, there is nothing more practical than a good theory because all we do as human beings come from a theory that we have formed for ourselves based on our experience, be it conscious or unconscious or influenced or not by others. It comes from a concept, a notion, a theory that we have. And most uh, managers uh, abhor, again, uh, discussing uh, the philosophy of management. If they don't know who they are, I don't know how they can organize themselves to serve other people. And that is the client's... Right, I know that Steve loves a good theory, and uh, so I think you're speaking his language. Steve, is there anything else we need to sum up on today, or 
Uh, no, I, I think that I've covered most of what I, I wanted to cover there. I think there's some real uh, gems in what uh, Marcel has talked about. To actually yeah. get the definition of what we're talking about when we talk about strategy, um, because it's probably very use, uh, loosely used in the real world. Anyway, Marcel. I appreciate it, Marcel. Thanks so much for your time today. You've got so much experience, Marcel, and um, you, uh, you've, I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us today. It's a fantastic input. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Humanized Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews or the future podcasts.